Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. It's Maybe Baby, episode eight. I'm Kate Lawler. And it's confirmed, I'm Bodge. Glad we cleared that one up. I was beginning to wonder who was sitting opposite me. There's your eyesight going. Pregnancy symptom. Having an eye test on Tuesday, 11.55. We'll solve all of this very quickly. Fingers crossed. Uh, Today's a special show because for once, the focus isn't on me. That is rare. Of course it's all about me. Here we go. Another pregnancy symptom. Can't do me for it. It is the dad episode and we've got a very special guest joining us to help Bodge figure out what on earth he's doing. My goal here was to get someone with experience, right? Because I clearly don't know anything. And when you're looking at experience, you think, how many kids is experience? And you know what? The answer is three or more. Is it? I think so. I think that's harsh. on. No disrespect to the two and unders. That's harsh. But three or more, (laughs) you've got a lot of experience there. You've got to big them up. This guy has had three and he's lived to tell the tale. He was also such a great talker. So rather than faff about this week, we are going to get straight into things. Here is our interview with the wonderful Matt Willis. Today's guest is British music royalty. Having sold millions of albums and played arenas worldwide with his band Busted, he's no stranger to the high life. He's also one half of the super successful podcast, When No One's Watching. However, today we've invited him on for a very different reason, and that's because, frankly, Bodge needs some top tips on fatherhood with three children of his own. He's clearly bossing it. So what better person to offer some advice? Dad to Isabel, Ace and Trixie. It's the wonderful Matt Willis. Oh, wow. Listen to that. Yes. We even have sound effects. Amazing. That's really great. Yeah. Hi. I love that part. That's so nice. I'd just come for that. Yeah. You can go now. I can go now. It was lovely really to meet you. I feel brilliant about myself. See you later. <laughs> How are you today? I'm really good. I'm so pleased to be out of the house. It's, um, it's a good day. I've had coffee. I'm caffeinated. I feel great. Can we talk about the moustache? Oh, my God. Clearly um, taking part in Movember. I am. Yes, it's the first year I've done it. I've been I've been meaning to for years, and I've been asked by them before in the past as well, and I've kind of been like, I can't. I've got a job. I've got something on. And um, and I'm always, I always mean that, mm. you know, but like, um, so I've never had a chance to do it. And this time I had no excuse. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So, I think um, it's a great look. Really, I'm, I'm, my wife does not feel the same. Does she not? No, and neither does my youngest. My youngest is disgusted by it. <laughs> disgusted? Um, like she, won't, she won't, Well, she won't kiss me very much um, <laughs> at the moment. Well, she, normally she always says I'm too prickly, so I started to clean shave. Yeah. Um, so I could get a kiss as you go to school. You know, I'd be like, can I don't have a kiss? And she'd go, no, too prickly. <laughs> so now I shave this, but I'm still too prickly because of the... Because of the... Of the 
horrendous moustache that is on my face. I reckon mm. by the end of November, there'll be strong Tom Selleck vibes. It's going to be properly bushy because you're not allowed to trim it. So, no. so I just got to let. No trimming you, at all. I don't think so. I, 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 mean, I assume that's the rule. I, mean, right? I think you can do what you want, right? Can it's, you really? <laughs> oh, right. Okay. That's a different story. No, I anyway, love it. Don't no, trim I'm, it. I'm, I'm going to go fully, fully into it because my, my, um, like, Busted's manager was like, Matt, you've got to go full porn star with this. Like, full <laughs> kind of like handlebar. And I was like, I don't think I can quite. <laughs> quite do that for a month you know there, um, there is like a tipping point with a moustache or with a beard where it starts to just get a life of its own and mine yeah. just goes really like puby it's yeah. really just horrible isn't it it's like the twits it just starts to grow it out you know yeah. these people with these big beards and they're just like smooth we've all tried we've yeah. all tried I've tried I had, a, I had a little spell was it last year or the year before where I thought you know I'm going to get very festive and grow a beard and I <laughs> nice. started in like October and I said by Christmas it was really long but, yeah. And I was so committed. I was like, right, I'm not shaving. I'm going to keep going. Had it all trimmed and all, all looking nice. And eventually by Christmas, I looked back at some pictures and was like, I look terrible. <laughs> like, why didn't anyone tell me? Did you, you know. dye it white? No, I didn't dye it white. No, I sprayed it white though over Christmas. Uh, <laughs> there was some like, um, spray stuff just to kind of, you know, get in the spirit. Well, you're on today because we think you are an awesome dad. I mean, we don't know you at all. You could be a really shit dad for all we know. <laughs> no, but you've got three kids. You are the most, yes. I mean, you're the person that can tell us what being a dad is like. Okay. First of all, what age were you when you thought to yourself, I definitely want to be a dad? Do you know what? I've always felt like that. Really? I've always felt like um, like the one thing I always knew I wanted to be was a father. You know, I kind of always, um, ever since I can remember, I always pictured myself with a little son or yeah. something. You know, like when yeah. I thought about growing up, that's what it would be. You know, and I kind of, um, so I don't really ever really think I ever wanted to be anything but a dad in a weird way. Mm. But then there was a certain point in my life when I was probably just before I had a child where I was like, it just didn't seem like me. You know, like mm-hmm. around kind of 23, 25 kind of area, I was like, this is, you know, that's not what my life is going to be, you know. And um, and then bang, suddenly we're having a baby, you know. So it's, um, <laughs> it's, it was a weird turn of events. It's quite a young age because you were 26 when you 26 when Isabel was born, yeah. I mean, I say it's a young age, but most of my friends had kids in their 30s. One had at 25. Mm. So were you one of the first of your kind of group? How did it feel to kind of be there? So yeah, young? I was one of the first in my in my group of friends. But Emma's seven years older than me. So Emma's, Emma was kind of 34, I think, mm. something like that. And so she was kind of, um, she was much more grown up than me, still is, you know. So it, was, um, it, was, it, was, it wasn't so weird for her, yeah. you know. Um, but for me, everyone was like, oh my God, really? Wow, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I, was like, I don't know, I don't know. But there's a, there's, a, there's a funny period of time because I don't know why, but, you know, even though you get, a test and it says you're pregnant you know like we'd had that in the past and it hadn't happened and which was devastating you know but um mm. but i kind of um so it's somewhere in my head i just thought that it wasn't going to happen like even when we got them um, i got excited and was really happy and really pleased but i still had this niggling thought that it wasn't actually going to happen mm. and then once you have that 12 week scan and then everyone was like well you're, you're through that part now and you know everything's kind of safe apparently but i still didn't feel that you know, and it wasn't until we were kind of like getting close to, you know, belly and stuff. And I was like, wow, oh, shit, I'm, <laughs> this is actually going to happen. I need to read some books or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe take a class, you know. I can relate to that, mm. though, because even though I'm 26 weeks pregnant, 
There's something in me that still feels like it's not going to happen. Because you still have the kind of side bits of your six pack, don't you? <laughs> she does. It's like it's like she's just had a really big meal. <laughs> I just look a bit bloated, don't yeah, I? You yeah, just need you a just... massive baby fart. It'll be yeah. Fine. yeah. <laughs> the moment I find it kicks in is when they, well, literally when they start kicking. Mm. And we had yeah. a, a thing yesterday where she normally kicks about half ten. Between it? half past ten and half right. past eleven. Normally wakes up. And she, she goes didn't, to town. Yeah, and she didn't last night and Kate was like, Sad face, like she's not moved today. <laughs> oh, really? Ah, oh, see, and, right, here we go. And then, know, but then yeah. you have a moment. Where you're like, is everything okay? Like, do oh we call God, the midwife? Yeah. Like, do you know why? Because we had a bath, and I was like. This is all our fault. <laughs> We've boiled her. I thought that's what I, I was like. The bath was too hot. We boiled her alive. That's it. And we have, we have one solution though. I just start reading to her really boring things. Really? Yeah, to the yeah. baby. I was the other day. It was about medium wave frequencies and radio. Last night it was the news about Boris Johnson. Yeah. Even I was falling asleep. And usually she just starts kicking as if to say, "Shut up! This is dull. I don't want to listen to <laughs> it anymore." No, all is well. In the oh, end, right, she started moving. It was just a little bit later. But I guess yeah. what I was trying to get out there <laughs> in a roundabout way is that. That moment there was a bit of a, oh, okay, this is... I know she's there, I know she's real, but it was just a moment of, uh, oh, okay, everything's all right. And then you're... It connects you a bit more, maybe. Yeah, no, totally, man, totally. Yeah, wait till this is born. A lifetime of worry. A lifetime of panic and stress. Was three always the plan? No, no way. No, no, no. Like, um, I was really kind of shocked that we had one, you know, like... um. And she was such an entertaining little thing. You know, she was so amazing that when we found out we were pregnant, again, we didn't plan it either of them. And then the second one was not really a shock. I was just like, oh, all right, cool, wicked, brilliant. I mean, the third one was planned and quicker than we anticipated, you know, so that one was a bit of a shock, if I'm honest. (laughs) The one that was planned was more of a shock. Yeah. But um, I I don't even know where to begin. It's such a life-changing in so many amazing ways incredible ways moment like it's um you know it's it's life will never be the same but you'll never want it to be were they all different at the beginning i mean a lot of parents say to us boys are easier than girls girls are easier than boys does it just depend on the child i think it um yeah i think it all depends on the child i think boys are slightly easier Um, (laughs) really uh well in my opinion in my experience boys have been my boys way more easier than than the girls um but the but the youngest was was so chill as a baby, like almost like worryingly so. Like she was really quiet and didn't right. do much and was really chill. Now you can't stop her. She's like a little ball of energy. So it's kind of, um, I think about this quite a lot, like, because um, I thought I'm, I'm coming on here and I should probably remember some <laughs> advice that I was given that yeah. means something. <laughs> Please. And the only piece of advice that I've ever been given about being a dad, which has stuck with me, is whatever it is, it won't last. Ooh. So if it's bad, it won't last. But if it's good, <laughs> it's probably not going to last. Damn it! You know, so it's, so, it's, so but that is so true. Yeah. So whatever yeah. you're going through can feel like it's never ending, but it will end and it will move on. Mm. You know, and sometimes to better and sometimes to worse. You know, but yeah. it's um, but whatever it is, it's um, they're constantly growing up. You know, it's just a mad little life they're on. Is there a particular age which you feel like is the golden year for us to look forward to, or does every phase have its pros and cons? I mean, the beginning is mental, the, you know, like, um, you know, like prepare yourself for that. Like um, the beginning is, is, is crazy and full on, but incredible and beautiful mm-hmm. and the most magical time. And then once it kind of gets to once they get to three, everything starts to become quite easy. Oh, I really? Think. really? Yeah. Like people like for me that like once they're three, once you can talk to them and they can kind of understand and talk yeah. back, then you're in a relationship with a friend. You know, Aww. so it's like it's a very different 
relationship then because you can actually talk and explain things and they can explain back and tell you how they feel you know in whatever way they can you know but it's um once i think they're i, mean, I know that sounds like a long time away but it will fly by and once they're three yeah. it's um you know life is pretty chill yeah who takes after you who takes after emma um my eldest takes after me like a lot she's very much me in a worrying way <laughs> um, she's, uh, she's got so much of me in her but she's really open with her emotions which I wasn't until now like mm. being a father has really changed me for that but like I remember being like so closed off and so kind of unemotional about things you know inside I wasn't but I was never show anything like that mm. now I'm a fucking mess <laughs> you know but like um, she's, um, she's a bit better than me with that so she's got a bit of Emma there but the other two are fully Emma oh, like, they? they're fully Emma yeah that's nice to have mm. a combo. I look forward yeah. to um, seeing what our little girl's like. Yeah. I, I just want her to look like Bodge because I was so ugly as a baby. Were you really? And you were so beautiful. <laughs> like- yeah, but we won't give her the haircut that your parents gave you. So. <laughs> That's right. a lot of the reason. That, that butchered. butchered fringe. It's the 80s thing. Everyone put the bowl over their kid's head yeah. and then cut my the um, My son had that experience. His grand- grandma, <laughs> his nan... Um, called her grandma then she'll kill me for that <laughs> uh, his nan like he went to stay with her for a few days and like he's got like amazing long blonde hair yeah and like it was kind of in his face but it looked wicked and surfery and awesome and we went to pick him up and she'd done that to his fringe like above his eyes but too high as well like it was awful and Emma was so devastated she was so furious was it, you, was it your mum or her mum um, her mum oh, yeah God. yeah her mum oh well, thank God yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah say. But, uh, that was her mum but it's, um, it's how one long of ago was this how old was oh, he oh he was like three you know, so um, so he was before before school and <laughs> can you imagine? Oh I can God. imagine my mum giving our child a haircut. <laughs> this is stupid haircut. Cut it, <laughs> mum! What have you done? Yeah, she was she like, was. "Well, he kept getting in his eyes." I was like, "Yeah, but it would grow through that. It'd be awesome." That's yeah. the point. Yeah, I'm living vicariously through my children, cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you guys are both super successful in your own careers. How do you divvy up the work parenting? That finds its own way. I think that was kind of something which, you know, the thing is, me and Emma have both been outrageously busy at very different times, you know, and it's just magically worked out. I mean, I can't take credit for this. Emma's parents are amazing. Like They've been really so involved and such an incredible, integral part of our kids' lives. But then the first year when Isabel was born, I had a year off. You know, I just kind of like the music wasn't wasn't happening for me at the time. And I was kind of auditioning a little bit. But then I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this right now. And Emma was her career was starting to really take off you know mm. so um so she was going out and i was kind of at home with the baby being a kind of stay-at-home dad for about a year lovely and then um and then she turned one and i phoned my agent and was like please <laughs> get me anything <laughs> anything and so then i started working and i was like right, okay great you know but, it was, but there was there was about a year when i was at home with the with the with isabel all the time and it was um it was really, you know, I'm I'm so pleased of that time. Like I look back mm. and I was at times a bit resentful sometimes when I was like, you know, but Emma was so, things were starting to move. She had a, um, a show on Channel 5 on the news and stuff like that. It was before Big Brother for her. And mm-hmm. it was kind of, um, things were really kind of starting to take off. And so she, it was really the right move. And I, and at times I really kind of like in my own head, never said it out loud, but I was like, man, I'm really taking a step taking one for the team here you know like I don't know if anyone appreciates this you know know, when actually I was having the most 
incredible beautiful experience with mm. my daughter that yeah. I will never get back yeah. and um, and I didn't have that with Ace because I was touring and I was away loads when he was a baby and I really and I really feel that you know like I'm, don't get me wrong we've still got an incredible relationship mm-hmm. but there's something about me and Isabel because of that time yeah. that I don't know it just feels different that's just, really interesting isn't mm, it and nice mm. that you can look back and reflect upon it as a, as a positive experience even though at the time you might have been like get me a job get me out yeah, of here yeah like, get me anything please yeah. it must you know, have been I'm, super difficult difficult though because obviously being at home you're kind of on your own aren't you for yeah. long periods of time you can't just like go out and do whatever you mm. want and you know it's not typical that most of your guy mates would be in the same position no so it must have felt quite lonely at times they're doing that yeah and I, I lived somewhere very different to my friends as well like we lived in north london and my friends are south london so it was kind of a very um it was a very weird time, but there was loads of kind of um, where we were at the time in Crouch End. There's so many kind of mums groups and kind of baby groups and things like that. Did you get involved? All the time. Did I you do the so, sing songs? I was the only dad there and I was um, uh, most oh, I of the time. Her. And um, I knew all the mums. We'd go for coffee, <laughs> you know, like uh, with our push <laughs> chairs. brilliant. It was a really weird, you know, and at the time, like, um, you know, I'd you know, been busted and kind of done the jungle <laughs> and stuff. And then I was sitting and everyone was asking me all these questions. And I was like... You know, so it was a really surreal time. You know, <laughs> did but, you um, liven up an old McDonald's song? Did you do I, your own? I take got on asked it? to play guitar quite a few times yeah. in many a child group. Suddenly realised how terrible a guitar player I was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was such a fun little time. The only thing I I ever felt weird about was swimming. Like there was something about that which I was like, really? we can't, we can't do this again because I was not welcome. There was, um, there was. I crossed a line with the mum. You didn't go into the female change room as well, did you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Too much, yeah. too far. I can sit with you guys breastfeeding, right? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but um, there was, um, there, there was. Um, I don't know why, but I got in the pool and like I'm pretty covered in tattoos and like these, you know, women with babies. And I, I don't know what it was, but I felt a vibe like you are not welcome here really and, um, and i was like oh God. do you think that was just you thinking that or would it was it a maybe genuine- maybe but no one talked to me no one looked at me like um you know it was a really weird experience and i don't know whether or not it's because you know i don't know women go through a lot when they've given birth and they're, they're maybe not feeling very confident or whatever it was and i was kind of this guy coming in you know i don't know what it i don't i don't know that's Probably all in my head. <laughs> I reckon a, so. I am a pretty much a crazy person. But um, but yeah, that was the only one when I felt like maybe shouldn't have come here. But every other group I loved. Like the, you'll love all that shit. It's so fun. I'm just, I'm yeah. not convinced. I will. Oh my god! I'm, I I'm, thought the same. I thought it would be so awful. Yeah. Like, seeing nursery rhymes and all that shit. I was fully involved. I knew all the words. <laughs> knew everybody's name. At you the know, end, you just jump on the table, start kicking over things. Going, ah, exactly. Good totally. Night. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Crowd surfing. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> crashing kids. Yeah. Totally. Let's do it. Let's do it. How do you guys ensure you spend enough time with the kids, but also um, with each other? Because the parents we've spoken to have said that date nights are few and far between. Once you become a parent, how important is that to you? And how often do you get to go out on a date? Um, I'd love to tell you that we're very good at that, but we're not. <laughs> we're um, we're not as good as we have been at different periods of our lives. We've okay. been at one point, like when Ace was born, I was in theatre quite a lot, doing um, stuff in the West End, and it was um, and so my evenings were gone. So, which mm. was a really weird time to mm. be a new father because that's the best time, like bedtime, bath time, story time, all that kind of stuff is really kind of an amazing part of the day but I didn't get that I'd just come home when everyone was asleep and then I'd be waking up with babies you know so it was kind of a very weird mm. time and that 
I think was quite a challenge for me and Emma, really, because um, she'd be working during the day, I'd be at home, and then I'd go to theatre in the afternoon and stay, and she'd be asleep when I'd get in. So it was kind of a really weird mm. time for us. And um, But after that experience, we were like, right, we've got to really step that up you know so we made a real effort to kind of do as many as we could and kind of you know at least once every two weeks we kind of go out on our own and kind of get some food or something that's better than us at the moment isn't it yeah (laughs) yeah we don't even have kids i mean don't get me wrong we don't do that at all at the moment but um (laughs) you know well no one does right now so it's okay yeah you know but um we're sick of the sight each other right now (laughs) well kate's now working from home doing a radio show from our front room oh really right and we currently have builders in so i'm like everyone has to get out by half three and like that's the only time i get to myself after between four and seven you love it do you what do your kids think about what you do do they know do they understand i mean they they loved it like from for me being in a band they had a period of time where they thought it was the coolest thing in the world. They no longer feel like that. Um, <laughs> really? something, something happens. Something changes. No. You know, like, um, there's a moment when, I don't know what it is. Like My daughter is 11 right now and she's at secondary school. And it's happened. I've become embarrassing dad. And I don't no. know when the fuck that happened. And I'm not okay with it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just I don't really know what happened and when it happened. I'm like, I'm, suddenly I start to doubt myself. I'm like... A pretty fucking cool dad. What are you want about? Listen, the other dads at school, they're right dicks, you know. But, um, but like, what are you talking about? So, um, but I think when I first noticed it was um, when I was in McBusted, I, uh, I had green hair for a little while, like okay. bright green tennis ball hair. And um, and my my daughter kind of went to me, are you going to pick me up tonight, Dad? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll be there. So, like, can you wear a hat? <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! You're you're embarrassed of me. Oh no! Did you, you wear know. a hat? Yeah, I did. Oh. I did. I wore you know, a hat. I, I think it's the it's the kind of counter thing. If you were really boring, your daughter would be like, "Dad, why can't you just be cool? Why can't you yeah. dye your hair?" Why can't you and now, when you're that way, she's like, "Oh my god, you're so embarrassing." Yeah, I man. just don't think you can win, can you? No, you definitely can't win. No, and I, and you know, and it's 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 so weird, but it's and it's also. You know, there comes a point when you know you're talking to other parents at, at school, and you're just like, "We're all just the same." Yeah. You know, like there's no there's no differences between any of us. We're all just parents. We'll, we all love our kids. That's that's all the end of it, really. Yeah, I, I'm kind of looking forward to that phase where they think we're embarrassing. I really push it. I, you know, <laughs> Do you? I, yeah. How? I, I, oh my god! Well, my my eldest, like, I mean, if there's any talk of a boy, I'm all over it. <laughs> you know, I'm on it like a like I'm like ooh. What says us about just that really annoying dad, you know? But that's not, what I mean. Like, I want to do that. As yeah, well. like, I relish it because she literally dies inside. <laughs> but there's quite a lot of it at the moment. Like, she's yeah. gone to secondary school, and there wasn't any in in primary school. Like, yeah. even in the end of primary school in year six, no talk of that. Like, yeah. I mean, I remember there was once a Valentine's card left in her tray, mm. and like it was a big deal, you know. <laughs> but now there seems to be. Um, like talk of this boy likes me and he said that this and that blah 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 you know I'm so wow but that's like every week you know and someone's upset because she likes him and he apparently likes me and mom did she like, tell you this or is she telling she's Emma telling she's telling Emma and, right. I'm, and I'm over here and go what's this this about oh, you know oh god I can't wait for that that period I yeah. think I'd be like you I'm not sure I can handle it on the wind I think I'd have an aneurysm I'd be like <laughs> yeah, I just man. I can't listen to this until they're 14 I'm alright once I get 14 yeah. I'm going right who the fuck is this guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know let me talk to him <laughs> you know until then I'm alright how was your home life when you were growing up I mean very different to mine now I don't really remember that much about it if I'm honest like, right. but, um, but it was very different I wasn't very I wasn't super close to my family but my my mum was very into the fact that I could sing 
like we'd have to go to um remember at weekends for like a good few years of my life we'd do talent competitions and she'd drive me in the car oh. and I absolutely hated it and like really? we'd sit in the car we'd drive up and down wherever we were in Woking in some centre that I'd have to sing fucking Sandy or Wet 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 in some competition to win a trophy but no nothing else just to win the trophy and then that would be it but um and I, and I hated it. But then, you know, I've ended up doing that for my career. So I can't really berate her for it because it actually worked out. You know, so it's um, but there was a definite point where I was like, I hate doing this. But, yeah, I don't really remember, like, really hanging out or kind of going or doing anything with them, really. You know, whereas now we hang out all the time. Like, we're together all the time. So it's mm. very different. Your parents got divorced, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. How do you think that impacted how you are as a dad? It impacted me massively because I really missed my dad like um like I don't really remember him being at home but I remember like we saw him one morning before school like he'd come and drop us to school and we had a sweet shop on the way and it was the oh, it was the best morning of the week like it was that I'd look forward to it for a couple of days leading up to it and Aww. he'd always tell us a joke and we'd have and I, so I'd have this fucking amazing joke to tell my mates in school <laughs> you know and it was um it was the best day of the week I really look forward to it and I feel bad for my mum for saying that because my mum was with us all the time yeah. doing the best she possibly could yeah. but then my dad was a hero you know like I'd see him once a week you know and one weekend twice a year or something we'd go and spend with him you know so it was um and I really idolized him I really kind of like admired him and thought he was the coolest shit on earth you know and um and I feel a bit bad for my mum for that because I think she knew that and, you know, she was working two jobs and trying to keep the fucking house afloat, you know, so it was, um, but I, I just wanted to see my dad, you know, but yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? You don't really know what's going on at that age. You just kind of like, you just see what you want. Because, yeah, because my parents got divorced later on, mm. but I often wonder, like, what's the kind of potential impact that would have on me, uh, kind of how I was brought up. But So yeah. it's interesting. So you didn't get to see your dad that much, but that actually heightened how you felt about him in many ways then. Yeah, totally, yeah, massively. I think it really, um, I mean, I had him on a massive pedestal. You know, I really thought he was the greatest, funniest, most charming gentleman I'll ever seen in my life. Like, I learned so much from him in the time that I spent with him because, like, he'd always open a door for everybody and he'd always, he was very oh. polite and he always, you know, like, all these kind of things which I was like, right, okay, and I really took on board those things and tried to be like him. And also, you know, I think that, has really played into the way I am a father because I I never want my kids to not feel like I am there, you know, like because mm. I was, you know, when I think about it, I was sad that he wasn't there. I was yeah, like, course, it, yeah. it really upset me, you know, and I kind of, um, and there was one moment when we were teenagers and my brother went, left our house and went to live with my dad. And that was when he was about 13, I was about 11, and I stayed with my mum. And I was really jealous and really, um, and I wanted to stay with my mum because I, I got given the choice and I, I stayed with my mum because I felt like it was my duty to do that. Mm. But I was so jealous and, and, and angry and cross that he went to live with my dad because I imagined them having the most amazing time, yeah. you know, and I was like stuck at home, like, like always. Yes, yeah, so I really felt that affected me in some way and I felt kind of like, not in their gang, you know, and my brother yeah. and my dad have a much better relationship than me and my dad now because of that time, obviously, you know, mm. so it's, um, you know, so I feel that really has, you know, I really, really never want them to feel like I'm not there for anything. So I will always probably annoyingly try extra hard to be at everything, to make sure I'm there, to be at every school play, every hockey match, you know, whatever I can be mm -hmm. at, I'm at. I wanted to talk a bit about how you've been open about being an addict yeah. so in the press and uh, there was the Naked Professors podcast I think you did where you know yeah. and you've, you've opened up about it has being a dad changed how you approach 
being an addict? Because it's an ongoing thing, right? It's not something that just goes away. Yeah. I mean, like, nothing could get me clean. Like, nothing could get me sober. Like, I tried everything. And I really did, at some points, really want to. You know, like, at some points I didn't. I was doing it for other people. But at some points I really I really did want to get a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I struggled yeah. to get that day. And, um, you know, I went to different rehab centres. I tried different things. I had Emma, who was trying so hard and and we really we, I really wanted to get sober for her but I couldn't you know and then I had Isabel and everything changed you know because um I think the first 6 months I was bouncing in and out of recovery and kind of trying to kind of get clean and um and then I missed her crawling for the first time because I was on a bender and I'm I'd been sober for a little while and I had this one slip up which was monumental and um and I woke up the next morning and I was in a lot of trouble, but I was used to that, <laughs> you know, so I kind of knew where that was. But I had this other feeling which was banging me over the head, which was, you're going to be a terrible father. You're going to be a terrible father. And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, because, um, you know, I dealt with alcohol, alcoholism my whole life. And, um, and I'd seen what that does to families and I'd seen how it works. And, um, and suddenly I realised I was going to do all that. You know, I was going to do everything that I'd always not wanted to do and it was a real breaking point for me like I needed that I needed that moment you know like I'm, I'm, I mean every alcoholic or addict will talk about rock bottom and for me that was an emotional rock bottom that was the moment that I wasn't homeless on the street but I suddenly it suddenly dawned on me that what my life was going to be like mm. for this child if I carried on the way I was carrying on and it got me sober you know like really? that was um, and I've not drunk since amazing, amazing. How, many yeah. years, how many years clean have you been then? Ten, ten years sober. Yeah, I mean, I've had. You know, I'm, I'm an addict, so, so sometimes I pick things up and I'm, I, they become a problem, and so they have to look at them. But I try, you know, and I, and I really work it all the time. I haven't had a drink for ten years, and it's kind of. Um, and I sometimes forget that, and I forget to kind of reward myself in my head for that because that's also dangerous. Any kind of um, mm. reward, and um, you know, but it's. Um, but it's all because I was a, I was a father, and it all kind of changed because of that. That is such an accomplishment. I I mean. F- I don't know what it's like. I don't even know what I can compare it to, really. The thing is, fortunately, once you realise you don't have to get yourself sober, like that's, I think, the biggest um, wake-up, really, is that is that it's not all about you flipping a switch of willpower because that doesn't fucking work. You know, mm. like it's about asking for help, sometimes mm. begging on your knees and amazing, beautiful people helping you, you know. And, and the thing is that that is available to everyone and it's free. You know, so there are places out there, if you go on any Google search, you'll be able to find mm. them. And there are places that if you need it and, and, and want it, they will, people are there to help you. And that's what happened for me. And um, and people took me through some work, which really, really changed and transformed my life. We've gone, amazing. We've gone very deep. Yeah. yeah. We've gone Sorry. very deep. Yeah. We said it's just a bit yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. A bit lighthearted <laughs> chit-chat about being a yeah. dad. Sorry about that. But, I write you know, these questions. That, the thing is, um, <laughs> you know, I think about that quite a lot with my kids because I'm like, Obviously, they're going to come into contact with booze. They're going to come into contact with drugs. Mm. How am I going to fucking feel about that? Yeah, you know. And we don't talk about that in recovery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't talk about that in in any kind of way. You know, like so. I'm like, it's a really fucked up thing for me to say. But part of me is like, I had some absolutely life affirming, beautiful experiences on drugs. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> which yeah. are which is terrible to say out loud. But I had some um, some incredible times mm. that I want. I don't know if I'd want other people not to experience, you know, I'm not saying that everyone has to, but sometimes, you know, so I'm like, do I want them, do I want to, 
you know, do I want to be that dad who, because we've never had to have these chats because my kids are too young. But do I want to be the dad whose drugs are bad, stay away from them, they're going to kill you? Or do I, you know, do I, do I approach this differently? And, um, and I'm, I'm not really sure yet, you know, where I sit on that because, you know, I'm a fuck up. Like I took everything too far and I messed everything up, but not everyone does, you know, and just because I did doesn't mean they're going to, you know, so I don't want to be a guy. And also, in some ways, by saying, no, don't fucking do that. That's terrible. That's really bad. You're going to fucking die. That's even more of a trigger for them to do it. You know, like, so it's, um, it's a, I don't really know where I sit on that yet. I feel like I need to talk to some more experienced people yeah. than myself about yeah. this because, um, I think about my life, right? And I think about the work that I've put into being sober and look at different po- points of my life. And I don't think any of them made me a drug addict. I don't think anything in particular happened Mm -hmm. that made me become different to my brother Mm -hmm. or my sister. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like, um, but I don't think I was born with it. I think I'm just different. And I think once I put something in my body which has a chemical reaction, I don't react like other people. You know, it's a twofold illness, people say. Like, it's, um, you know, it's mental and physical, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that is true for me. Like, something takes over my body and I can't control what happens next. But... I know a lot of people and I hang out with them all the time who casually do things and have a great time and, 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 and enjoy their life. And so that's uh, who am I to say that that's wrong because it's not wrong. Mm. And just because I can't doesn't mean that other people shouldn't, you know, and I, and I find that with re- recovery sometimes that people are very much, very strong about their opinions. And I don't have that. I'm like, you know, each their own, they'll find their own way. You know, if yeah. they need help, it's there. If they don't, crack on you know <laughs> but also yeah i think you're right about talking to experienced people and how they dealt with the subject with their kids when they were teenagers yeah do you know any of the rolling stones because i've got a feeling they, <laughs> they probably they've got know both kids yeah, and yeah. have taken a lot of drugs <laughs> exactly they probably know what they're talking about does emma drink uh, very rarely yeah. just to get smashed like twice a year <laughs> you know never drinks like wine with dinner or anything or, no. like, or would never go out and have a glass of something like, yeah. It's just like she goes out to get on it like once or twice a year. <laughs> I have to carry her upstairs out of the cab. Yeah. yeah, we've been there with you. Yeah, <laughs> had that with her. Change the subject. Mm. Uh, privacy. So something Kate and I have talked about is, you know, a lot of people, it's kind of 50-50 whether they show their kids' faces on Instagram and stuff. And I know, mm. especially for you guys, it's been, you've been largely private with your kids you yeah. like to keep them anonymous um what what was kind of behind that decision um do you know what it's just a decision we made early on you know because, but the thing is like i know lots of people lots of my friends don't feel the same you know mm. and that's and that's and that's great and it works for them i don't know i have had some negative experiences with fame and i'm not sure if i'm a fan <laughs> if i'm honest and i kind of personally go out of my way to avoid it mm. now i've been down that road a little bit and found out what that was, and I wasn't very happy there. Mm. You know, so I, I don't want that in my life. So I feel like um, I've kind of got a little bit of it without really trying, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of unavoidable, and it's part of my job, and it's kind of the, what what goes with it. But I don't, I try not to actively search for it in any way. And what happens will happen. So I feel massively wrong by allowing any of that to enter my children's lives because because I know how I feel about it. Mm. That's not how s- another person feels about it because they've got a very different relationship with it. Mm. But for me, it doesn't work for me and it kind of makes me feel uneasy and awkward and, and, and uncomfortable. And I don't want to force that on my children in any way. So I've decided not to do that. 
And Emma feels the same with me on that. And we kind of made that decision very early on. And that's the way we stick with it. You know, maybe there'll be a point where they get to a certain age where they have their own social media. And, and that's kind of something which we're talking about now. Um, and, and we'll kind of cross that road when we come to it. But that's that's the reason behind my thinking of why we don't. But I know lots of people that do and they have a fantastic time and I enjoy looking at their stuff. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it's, um, you know it's really nice for other people, but it's just my Kind of on the opinion. fence. We're just, we don't yeah. really know what's best. I think the pair of us were in agreement that it would be, we'd more likely want to keep them off social media when they were starting school. Yeah. Just me personally <clears throat> speaking, I think it would keep them more grounded if they weren't so well-known as a child going yeah. into school. I don't yeah. know. I feel like that might impact the way they behave. That's what the we thought. That's what we thought. But then, um, but also, when we when we had kids, it was very new. You know, Twitter was super new. You know, yeah. like, um, and, like, you know, I didn't have a Facebook account. You know, like, um, this is all very new for us. And yeah. so we, we made a decision early on. I think right now... It's such a part of everyone's life that it's a very different thing right now. So I don't know how I would feel having children for the first time now in the world that we live in of, of what I would do with that. Because as they've got older and as my life has changed, I have maybe been a bit more relaxed about things like that. And maybe mm. I don't show their faces, but I do incorporate parts of my life involving them in yeah. social media. You know, so it's like I'm kind of doing it but not really committing you know so it's um so then i feel weird about that i'm like what's the my what's my opinion here and then i'm like just relax so who fucking cares about your instagram <laughs> matt you know so it's um yeah it's a weird thing isn't it you know but but literally it just comes from me being uncomfortable with mm-hmm. feeling famous you know like it just was a really for the brief period of my life where i felt that i felt uncomfortable and weird about it so um i wouldn't want them to ever feel that and it'd be my doing because you guys posted the picture the other day of the three kids mm. and and typical internet people pass comment and it, it's just unfortunately a result of the society we live in mm. how does that make you feel because they're just kids being kids right Some yeah people. i mean i think we're we're talking about the picture of ace um, yeah. and he's obviously yeah. dressed um as ace dresses and ace is his own thing and he's his own little person and we encourage him in every way to possibly be everything he wants to be in life and yeah. he is not what you were what society would deem a typical boy he is a boy but he doesn't necessarily want to dress like every other boy and doesn't want to do the things that other boys do um it's not really about gender it's about just how he wants to express himself and he expresses himself fully in every possible way in his life and we encourage that because that's i think the right thing to do <laughs> and and to be honest emma posted the picture because she was just like, wow, he looks cool. And it kind of caused a massive reaction. And we were kind of blown away by what happened from that. Yeah. And to be honest, everything was positive. Like 99.5% yes. was positive. And that 0.5% that was negative are oh, fucking idiots anyway. Like, yeah. I don't care what they say. You know, so it doesn't yeah. really bother me. But I had some, some guy say to me, well, it's because you're a terrible male role model for him. No wonder he's gone off. The, you know, I was just like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, I feel sorry for you and your your life. But, you know, I don't really understand how anyone would have a problem with a kid wanting to be themselves. No. Wanting to express themselves however they see fit. And I think what's lovely about today's society is that we live in a much more understanding and accepting society. So it's important yeah. to take away the positives from that post because it was overwhelmingly lovely. If anything, it had the opposite effect that I thought it would have on me because I was like oh something needs to be done here you know I kind of had a little bee in my bonnet I was like oh wow people feel like this about certain stuff because I think we live in this 
in a media bubble sometimes. Mm-hmm. I live in this kind of entertainment world <laughs> that I that everyone's accepted in every way, shape or form. And that's the kind of world that I live in. Yeah. I forget that I don't live in the not the real world because I hope that I do, but you know I don't I don't encounter these people on a day to day basis. Yeah. yeah. But I was shocked by by some of the stuff that I read. I was like, wow, people really feel like this and feel passionate about mm. it, passionate enough to fucking tell me. Yeah. You know, like I mean, even if I felt something about someone, I don't know if I, you know, I don't I don't know if I'd bored to say it. You would never say it. You're just like because just, you're you're a normal person. Yeah, you're I just a nice feel person. Like outrageous things to say. So it kind of had another effect on me. I was like. I feel like I want to fucking push back a little bit, you know, but which is yeah. not necessary and mm. uncalled for. And I don't need to be that person. There's mm. plenty of other spokespeople who are much better and articulate at that than me. But it did make me go, if there is a war, I'm fighting, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, like uh, that's how I felt. And Ace had lovely long hair. No, no haircuts from the mother-in-law. No, in the last not, few no, years. no, no, definitely not, definitely not. No, yeah, we're I'm all, jealous, all jealous of the hair. I'm jealous hair of his me. hair so much, so Great. much so. Have yeah. they given you any indication of what they want to do when they grow up? I remember being asked that in primary school. What do you want to really? be when you grow up? And I said, I want to work in a clothes shop and operate a till. Baller. Oh my god! You wanted to be a bloody football commentator. Football didn't commentator, you? <laughs> really? Right. Not, not a footballer, which is like the common rate. A football <laughs> right, <okay>. commentator. Right. <laughs> Lazy. Almost there. Yeah, yeah. yeah Just yeah. get to watch a lot of games without having to actually expel any effort. Exactly. And ridicule other people for it. Fantastic. Not that I know anything about football whatsoever, so I've, I've, I've taken it all back. I don't know what football commentators do. He passed to him. Well done. Pretty um, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Um, uh, yeah, what was um, my kids? Um, my eldest wants to be an actress. She's obsessed. Yeah. She just wants to act. Are you encouraging you know? that as well? I'm trying not to be that guy, but I, I love it. And also, I'm a bit... Um, I went to drama school and I kind of always wanted that for me. And, um, and then I ended up being in a band, taking myself out of that kind of industry for a while. And I've kind of come back into it and I've realised what I would do if I had that chance again. You know, so I'm, I'm trying really hard not to go, no, Isabel, you need to do this and this and this <laughs> and go train here with this person. And mother. You know, I'm trying not to be that guy. I'm trying to let her be fun and, and relax about it. But, That's interesting that she wants to do, you were saying <clears throat> that she was the really chilled one and now she wants yeah. to be an actress. Oh, she's bloody fantastic as well. Is she? Like, um, when she was a bit younger, she does this, like a local kind of drama festival. And so she had like, um, like a monologue to do. And so, you know, we read it through a couple of times and I was like, oh, you know, bless her. You know, she's doing anything, you know, and I kind of read it through a couple of times, gave her too many notes, you know, and uh, and she and then we went to watch the drama festival and she was like eight on, I think. And so we watched these other kind of like seven kids go up and the first two went up and I went, oh, oh, Isabel's amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what eight year olds are like. Oh, my God, Isabel's going to destroy them. You know, this sense of kind of like, like looking at Isabel going, we got this, we got this. <laughs> That one can't even read. Exactly, yeah. yeah. What about Ace and Trixie? Do they have any dreams, any ambitions? Ace, Ace is into all kinds of things. Like, he loves fashion, loves yeah. loves to, um, like, he's got a sewing machine. He's always making dresses and kind oh, of, like, tops it. and things. And he's kind of really, like, he's really into it, you know. So um, so he loves that, but he loves to dance at the moment, you know. So he kind of wants to be a bit of a pop star, I think. Pop star with a fashion label. That's kind of his vibe. Trixie, I have no idea. She's a maniac. She could be an incredible <laughs> gymnast. She just climbs everything. Really? You know, but who knows? Sounds like Shirley. Yeah. 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 What's the most rewarding thing about being a dad? You know, I had a moment the other day. Like um, I had um, I had a day out with Isabel. We're in half term, and I, because there's three of them, you don't really get any time alone with any of them. You know, and so um, I make a point of once or twice a year to take each of them individually out. That's nice. Um, and Emma does the same. Yeah. 
And we have like a daddy-daughter day, daddy-sunday, you know, and Emma does the same with, with them. And me and Isabel had one in town the other day. Obviously, this was before lockdown, and we went into town, and um, we went to a dance class together. Both of you dancing? Both of us, yeah. We had a private dance class with a girl who I know from a West End show. She kind of took, took us in because I kind of – she's love a, she loves dancing. She loves it. But yeah. I was like, and I was like, well, I kind of know a lot of people that do this. I'm terrible. I'm appalling. Like every show I get into, they say, <laughs> Matt, there's a little bit of movement. Are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah, fine. <laughs> After two days, they're like, okay, Matt, we're going to pull you from the movement because, um, you know, so I'm embarrassingly bad. But I thought, you know – Let's do it. Let's go for it. So we kind of had a private dance class together in like a brilliant London Amazing. dance studio. She loved it. And then we got hair done and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And she had lovely. a lovely time there shopping. And at the end, we were in the car home and Emma met us and we went in the car home together. She was working in town and she kind of said, I wish the day was starting all over again. Oh. And I was like, like she never says things like that. She's quite... Um, She's not like that. She's not as open as that. So she was. Uh, so saying that meant so much to me, and I was like, "Yes, you yes. literally yes. Won the yes. day. Yes, yes. beat that, Emma. That must be such <laughs> a, a lovely feeling, a rush inside you. Yeah, know, it was your brilliant. child's had a great day. Yeah, and they wanted to spend time with me. It was such a nice feeling, especially because when you get to eleven, I think I'm the embarrassing dad. Yeah. What, what's the dynamic between them? Do they get along? Do they get along? Yes, they're really <laughs> good kids, but they piss each other off all day. Oh yeah, and piss me off like. Yeah. There's a certain tone which I'm trying to ban in my house, which is, <laughs> this noise right here, which absolutely just gets me in the soul. And, um, and at the moment, because, of, because we were together all that time in lockdown yeah. and, uh, and homeschool <laughs> and all this stuff, I feel like this year, that noise is what I've had. Do it again, 2020 is, oh, yeah. What what note is that? What oh, God. It's, it's, it's not on a scale. It's some yeah. weird Arabic scale that, you know, grates you. But it's, um, it's, it's, an, it's the, yeah, it's that, that, that is the only down point is the whinging. And um, they don't whinge when they're on their own. They whinge because of each other. Right. And they whinge because they piss each other off. But they piss each other off because they all want different things. Isabel's 11, Trixie's four. How can you watch the same movie? I know. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like, I'm trying to keep everyone happy here. <laughs> you know, the only thing that works is the Grinch. <laughs> and it's July. <laughs> so we're going to watch Hook, okay? You know, and that doesn't work for Trixie. So it's like, ah, you know, what can I do? <laughs> How was wow. homeschooling? i got to say, when we went into lockdown and all of our friends <clears throat> began homeschooling, I was like, no parents signed up for this. How did you cope? Um, we didn't cope for the first couple of weeks. We were a mess. Like, we found it... Like, I am so uneducated, and it was suddenly... Do you I've find your of, kids teaching you algebra and stuff like that? 100%. Like, I literally, <laughs> I can't do my, my nine-year-old's maths. I cannot do it. But I didn't really care about yeah. that ever in my life. I was kind of like, I oh, don't need it. Don't bother me. Suddenly, it was smacking me in the face every day how stupid I am and how uneducated I am. And I was like... <laughs> you know, and they were like, "What do you mean you don't know this?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, I don't know this. I didn't go to school properly." You know? <laughs> so um, it's uh, it was so difficult and hard, and and we were getting so stressed. Me and Emma were so stressed about it. Oh, like it was God. a really hard time, mm. and um, it sounds so ridiculous to think that was a hard time. But we suddenly had so much respect for teachers. Like beyond, yeah. I think the whole world has mm -hmm. a very different feeling of what teachers do every day. You know, now because I just had a negative feeling about teachers from my school days. But now I'm like, oh my 
my God, these guys are angels. They're, yeah. they're sent from heaven to look after our and children. And they're looking after 15 times more children than you are. I mean, And exactly. you just think, oh, I'm stressed looking after three. Exactly. They've got a classroom of 26. I don't know how many kids are in a class these yeah. days. Every day, five days a week. After a few weeks, we went, okay, this is becoming a bit much. What are we going to do about this? Um, because we can't say, fuck it. You know, we can't do that. You know, but we can't, we can't live like this. No. <laughs> so what do we do? And we just went, well, why don't we just say, kind of fuck it. <laughs> we're like, well, we've thought about it for a while. And we're like, why don't we just relax? You know, yeah. and just go, you can't do that. Don't worry about it. You know, I don't know what to do with that. Um, I could probably spend an hour on YouTube researching how to do that, but I can't be asked. We just skip it. You know, do what you can. Don't do what you can't do. Don't worry about that. That kind of stuff yeah. started to happen. Great attitude. And once that happened... Life was great. <laughs> like English, I'm really good at. Like yeah. I found myself being really good at that. I was like, I love English. Let's do it. Let's crack yeah. on. You know, maths was like, well, do what you can. <laughs> you know, the rest of it will kind of go. I mean, let's face it. We've all got calculators. Exactly. Exactly. You've you got an iPhone interest. now. Everything's on there. Yeah. Google. Give Bodge your top dad tip. Yes, please. I mean, apart from don't let the child sleep in your bed, which yes. is, I think, a fundamental tip, which we have never listened to. Ah. Um, Talk to us about that. Okay, Why? right. Because we are we are weak. Um, <laughs> we are we are insecure. You know, we just can't deal with it. You know, so um, so we would bring the baby in bed with us, like um, like um, the baby would sleep next to us in like one of those. Like a like a thing that's strapped onto the bed mm-hmm. thing when they were really little. Then there's a time to go into their own room, right? Each one of our kids has had that moment, and we're like, this time, you know, we're gonna let them sleep in the room. We're gonna, if they're really crying, we'll come in, you know, like, but we're gonna let them learn to sleep in their own room. Never happened. We've come in them, we've comforted them, we've taken them into our bed. Me and Emma have rarely slept in the same bed for. 11 years <laughs> you know it's it's one of these things that happens like we're bed hoppers now it's just part of our life you know yeah. it's um and i'm i'm pretty sure i remember reading don't do that um and going <laughs> right i won't do that and i didn't listen and there's no taking it back once you start you're in that and now you have mode. a super king bed and five of you sleeping it every night <laughs> i mean during lockdown we had mattresses on the floor and we all slept in the same bedroom most of the time because it just became too annoying to keep popping beds and, and dealing with children <laughs> so um that is the one piece of advice i right. can give you is however nice it is however good you feel however much you're like oh, this feels like the right thing to do this feels like you should do this. Why would you leave your baby to cry? Like it's, you know, like oh. it's just like everything about that seems wrong. Yeah, it does to you know, me though as like well. It's like, it's like whatever, but don't. Please don't. don't please okay. don't. I think you, you I'm going to have to stop you, aren't I? I know. Because you melt. Well, they're, they're, I think there's, um, I, I mean, I didn't read the books, but there are books about this, which probably explain it much better than I ever could because I'm terrible at it and I, I failed massively. But it has impacted my life because of that failure. Yeah. Like, um, my sleep has never been the same. I'm a little bit resentful about it. And, um, and I'm to blame. <laughs> One of our episodes for this series is actually with a sleep trainer. So we'll be making hard Oh, my hard God. Notes. Right. Okay, great. Yes, get involved with that. Because, okay. um, because that, honestly can be a speaking from experience of the person who did it massively wrong 
it is impacting our life. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, we love it. We love the kids. We love sleeping together, and it's all fantastic. But really, it's a fucking pain in the ass, and I wish it didn't happen. When they go to you university, know. they'll be like, "Dad, you're coming up." You're exactly. Like, <sighs> exactly. No, I can't sleep with you on FaceTime on the computer. No. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for joining us thank today you. on Baby Baby and sharing much. your experience. How do you feel, Bodge, after hearing from Matt? I mean, the fact that you've got three and you're here going, "It's the best." Do you know what you haven't done? You haven't come in and said, "It's the hardest thing you'll ever do," but it's the best thing every you'll ever parent. Do. This is what says every parent does. Right. You've just come in and said, "It's great. I love it." So that yeah. gives me confidence in the process. Yeah, it's not the hardest thing I've ever done. It's it's up there, but fuck me, it's amazing. Yeah, like it's it's the most incredible thing ever. And you've got a mate forever. Yeah, one day is going to look after you when you're old. It's pretty cool, right? <laughs> See, I used to say that as a reason to have kids, but everyone used to tell me off. It's like yeah. I look after them, and then when I'm old, they look after me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What is the hardest thing you've ever done out of interest? Um, Eat a kangaroo's anus? I mean, well, that's up there. That's definitely up there. Fucking hell. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that was quite an education. What did you take from it? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) No, he didn't know what he was talking about. Obviously, lots. The main takeaway, okay, the one I took from that was kids in bed. Because that's the one thing you could really see he... I don't think they regretted it, but I'm sure he would have preferred to have had his privacy, shall we say, and have some time with him and Emma. So I think when our daughter comes along, we're going to have to be pretty disciplined. The thing is, I'm happy with the dogs in our bed. What's the harm in one more? Please, like... We've got a super king bed on the way. There's already a fight for the duvet, as it is. What about you? What was your takeaway? Do you know what? It's always lovely to hear couples being there for one another through the good times and the bad. You know, three kids... Still together, yeah. still happy. They've not had it easy the whole time, have they? Well, I mean, definitely not. Emma's always been there for Matt, helping him through addiction. That was just so heartwarming to yeah. hear that she stood by his side. And it was interesting to hear how becoming a dad was what finally got Matt sober. Yeah, and one thing that struck me is how dedicated he is to keeping that in check because how having a family grounds him and really anchors him and makes him feel like he can do that. He can kind of turn back that addiction. So I've got just honestly so much respect for that because we've seen from people how difficult that can be. You can just tell they are his absolute world. Yeah. And the kids. I love that. Yeah. It hadn't crossed my mind until uh, our chat with Matt as well, that one day our daughter will be old enough to drink. Will she come into contact with drugs? How on earth do we even have that kind of conversation? I don't remember my parents talking about drink or drugs with me. I do remember once I had a chat with my mum. I'd come back from uni for a holiday and I was like, mum, you know, I've smoked weed, right? And it's fine. Like My head didn't blow up. Everything was all right. And my mum just had a (laughs) fucking meltdown. She was like, ah, you're gone. Yeah, no, she was fine with it in the end. (laughs) But I think I had to have the chat with my mum about drugs (laughs) rather than the other way around. Do you know what? It's such a long way off. Let's not even think about it because she's not even here yet. Not your mum. My mum is here. My mum's outside waiting for you to have the baby. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for in today's episode. But before we go, Bodge would like to read some reviews out from our lovely fans and give some shout outs. So of who's course. the first review from? First review I want to read is from PB and Ellie and it's titled, Did He Eat the Cornetto Though? And they've said, please address in your next podcast as you left this part out. Are they referring to the gender reveal? The gender reveal, two Cornettos, one vanilla, one strawberry. Strawberry. If you know anything about me, you'll know that I eat everything in sight. I'm like a human hoover. So, yes, I did eat the Cornetto. And a big shout out to Anna Pugh, 17 as well, who left us such a lovely review titled... 
you're making me broody. Power. Anna says, a beautiful, funny, yet thought-provoking podcast. I'm pushing 40 and lucky enough to have two children of my own, a pink Cornetto who's 10 and a blue Cornetto aged five, plus the cutest Cavapoo who just turned one. It's a busy old life, but you're making me broody for another little baby. Stop it. Not a spawn, not an ad. I just bloody love it. Thank there you, you Anna. And uh, just a big shout out to some of the others, Claire89, Claire9091, MCK, Sun Sky, Flower Nature. And if you want to leave us a review, don't forget, head to Apple Podcasts, head to our podcast page. Uh, there's a little button there that says five stars. So you just click that and that's how you do it. And then write a few words. And if you want to get in touch with us, just email maybebabycast at gmail.com. Next week, we are talking about the second trimester. All the things we've learned. Exactly. The quarterly review. It's such a sales thing to say. We're going to do a QBR, right? Three month <laughs> QBR. We'll be talking about our projections for next the next quarter what the babies will look like sales leads oh dear have a great week we'll see you next time sorry guys we'll see you later